Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want tater Arts and entertainment. And like it. There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude. Holy moly. I'm hot today. Welcome back to Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment. I'm your host, Kevin Hart. Got a pretty full show for you today. Almost every segment I'm playing you, I had to shorten for this. So if you want the full podcast, you're going to have to go to WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. Up first, we got State of the Arts with Gus Gordon. There are several live productions for free happening this weekend. So you want to listen in and see what those are going to be. Then, going to talk with my good friend Dominic Cellini once again, see what's going on with his art, and a short discussion about some trends in modern cinema. Then after the news, going to talk with Reggie Guyton, who is involved with both Songs for New World and Spirit of Lincoln, as well as working at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. Then bottom of the bargain bin with the original Little Shop of Horrors from 1960. But first, State of the Arts been talking a a bit about um, two productions that are going to be taped, or the first one that you are producing, Songs for a New World. That has just finished taping last week, and uh, the video is being edited together right now. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, we we recorded it last Friday night, very socially distant and safe. Um, All the cast have been tested, and, um, you know, they were wearing masks. For, for their ensemble numbers and so forth. We taped it Friday night. It was great. And we're putting it together, the finished product, this week. Um, and then we're going to uh, start streaming it on October 9, 10, 11. You can uh, find out how to get there by going to the, you can find out how to get tickets rather by going to the Hoagland website um, at hcfta.org. Or you can come to our Facebook page. Just type in Hoagland Center for the Arts on Facebook. It'll take you right there and we'll have a link to buy tickets for it. This is a ticketed event because it's going to be a fundraiser for us just to help us with, uh, you know, our COVID relief fund. Things are very, very difficult right now for all performing arts venues with uh, no ticket sales or, or rentals or things like that. So this is one way that we can reach out to the public with something really cool and also make a little money, hopefully, at the same time. The show uh, stars Damian Kaplan, Justin Carter, uh, Jasmine French and Mary Kate Smith with, um, with a Corey Brown leading the band, uh, Craig Williams, the second put it together. Just an awesome show and we're really, really excited about it and can't wait to see the finished product. It'll be fun to, to watch that with everyone. I'm gonna, I bought my ticket for October 9th, so that's when I'm gonna be tuning in. Nice. Yes. That's when I'm planning on tuning in as well. So that will be really good. Um, you know, it's yes, funny. So the, I don't even know what to say. No, me, it's me. not a broadcast. It's streaming. So, do you tune in or do you click on or you? you, you I don't know how to even. I don't even know what the nomenclature is for something like this and how to describe it. It's so brand new. Yeah, but well. hopefully they'll join us for the streaming version. Yes, and buy a ticket. So I'll figure out how to how to plug it. Soon enough, because I think we're going to be doing a fair amount of these uh, if things don't get better soon. Right. Uh, yes, for that that sounds like that is definitely a possibility. So make sure yeah. you support the show and you watch it because I can tell it is going to be a very good show. So also very excited to see it. 
we, there is also no, yeah, and the um one well, of the other show is the Spirit of Lincoln, which STC is putting on, also housed in the Hoagland, and uh right? that is expected to be a very good show as well. Um, it's, uh, you know, very yeah, uh, it's, social- it's a show that was written by the late Ken Bradbury and mm-hmm. Roger Wainwright. Um, we did it here, gosh, back in 2008 or 2009, I can't remember which. But this is a production that's being directed by Hope Cherry. Mm-hmm. got a big cast of about 20 people. They've been rehearsing, and, you know, they're, they're great. They come in, they all do temperature checks when they enter the building for the rehearsals, and they all sit apart. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just trying to, to figure this all out. But they're going to be taping their production on October 10th, I believe, during the day, mm-hmm. and then get it ready to stream as well. All right. And it, it looks like people who enjoy Ken Bradbury in this region, and there's a lot of people who just loved him, um, mm-hmm. will really enjoy this. It's all about you know different people and their experiences and the effect that Lincoln has had on them. Um, it's really a, a delightful show, and people who like Americana and um you know ken bradbury or abraham lincoln yeah there's there's no shortage um, we'll, of people we'll in this town it. who love abraham lincoln so i think it'll be definitely well, very I, think, popular. I think it's a requirement you yeah. can't get past yeah. the city limits unless you sign a contract <laughs> saying that you're adoring so yeah so, so i'm excited to see that as well um the so yeah, those are the those are the two filmed productions that are coming up soon there are um two Two live shows happening this weekend that some people may not know about. The um, well, tell us then. Well, I will. The the uh, <laughs> uh, UIS is doing two free faculty concerts. Now, the, the one's this weekend; the other is next weekend. Uh, but tomorrow okay. on the third, William Mitchell, tenor trombone player, is going to be doing. A concert, something old, something new, and that's going to be at 7.30 p.m., and that is going to be a free streaming event through UIS. So that's so that's really going to be cool to see a, um, it is. some live music. Yeah, you can music. go to um, their website, mm-hmm. and you can find out, you know, events, and then they have a link where you can just press it, and it takes you to their, their streaming site. And um, I think you just click on it and get to watch it. Very simple to get to. And that, uh, again, like you said, takes place tomorrow night at, I think, 7.30. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I want to make a, make a point to watch that as well. And the Springfield Ballet Company is putting on, uh, they're putting on a performance uh, out, outside, out at Southwind Park. But it's going to be a live, um, a live ballet performance at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock that is going to be happening. So, so, so both Saturday and Sunday... You're going to have two free performances, some live music, some live theater and art. So, I, I mean, that's that's great that even, the, you know, it's and both, of course, the streaming, you're watching it at home, and the Southwind Park uh, ballet performance is going to be socially distant, and, you know, there's going to be limited right. seating. But it's so cool that we're, we are, there are, you know, the arts are continuing to thrive here in, in Illinois, in Springfield, Illinois. Well, where there is a will, there is a way. Yes. You know, art will, what was it like in Jurassic Park, that life will find life a way, well, way. art will find a way during this time. It'll be a little chilly on, back to my weatherman days, it'll be yep. a little chilly on Sunday, mm-hmm. but partly sunny and nice. The wind won't be bad at all, so go out there and, and just have a, a nice time, but you mm-hmm. might want to bring a jacket with you. 
It's some nice sweater weather. Put on a yes, on a, exactly. Yes, sw- right. Sweater weather. Put on. We a, are in October after all. Can you believe it? Yes. Jeez. No, I can't. <laughs> I really can't. But uh, yeah. So so yes, both of those are going on this weekend, and then also next weekend. In addition to Songs for a New World being available for you to be able to watch that, there will be that second uh, faculty performance at UIS at the same time, right. 7.30, um, and it'll be Unaccompanied Clarinet by Evelyn Maria Tunison. So that will be... Very cool. That, that will be good as well. Songs oh. for a New World is going to be next weekend. You'll be able to buy Correct. your virtual tickets and you'll be able to watch it streaming. Um, how, again, are people able to do that, Gus? Well, they can find the link. Uh, we're selling the tickets through an organization called showticks4u.com. Showticks, T-I-X, for the le- number four, you, the letter U.com. And they can find the link on our website, the Hoagland Center for the Arts, hcfta.org. Or they can go to our Facebook page, and there's a link there as well. If you'd like to hear the full segment, go to WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. Going to take a short break, and when we come back, Dominic Cellini. It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment. I am your host, Kevin Hart, and once again... I'm talking with one of my very good friends, Dominic Cellini. How are you doing? Hey, Kevin. Good to be here. Good to be here. I'm all right. Thanks. Good. It's, it's you were. I talked with you a while back. One of my first guests on the podcast it was, you know, does not seem that long ago, but the way passage of time is going, it has been a while. So it's good to talk to you again. It was an honor. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was like um, like Jerry and Larry David on his first episode of Comedians and Cars. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, this is the guy you pick, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Your friend. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, um, I want to, um, but I want to talk to you again, because uh, when we mm-hmm. last talked, uh, we, we talked a bit about the new comic that you're doing, uh, Emmy the Robot, and mm-hmm. you have a, and and you've and I've been you know following you since then. You have been you've been putting out um, all sorts of different panels, different uh, different parts, the plots going forward. Tell us a little bit um, if, for people who don't know about it, your comic and uh, how it's been going and what's uh, what you're looking at going forward. Oh yeah, well you know it's funny you mentioned it. I'm working on it uh, right now as we speak. I'm coloring some panels, uh, but this this comic that I'm working on in particular at the moment will be one that's only available on my Patreon. Right. So for those of you who uh, follow my work, uh, and you know, for those of you who don't, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with my work yet, I post my comic for free, of course. Uh, you can see it on webtoon.com, or you can see it at uh, you know, Instagram. I also upload it to my Twitter at a more delayed schedule. But if uh, you know, you'd like to support me more directly financially, of course, there is uh, platforms like Patreon. Patreon uh, allows you to pay a monthly subscription, and when you sign up for that, you get certain perks such as early access to comics, so before anyone else sees them, you'll see them, and you'll get an exclusive comic every month that no one else gets to see, only for patrons, and that's the one I'm working on right now. Uh, as far as the comic's plot goes, uh, you know, if you'd like me to give the synopsis, it is about 
it is a sci-fi comedy uh, sort of thing where it is about uh, a robotic nanny slash maid who uh, works for a, you know an affluent family. And it is about the kind of, uh, you know, dynamics and world that, uh, you know, a robot has to navigate, you know, working with humans, trying to understand their world, learning about caring for children. And while I can't reveal too many things yet about the direction of the plot, um, let's just say uh, we'll be exploring the world of uh, robots a lot more thoroughly in future comics. All right. That's what I love to hear that. That's going to be. I can I can I can imagine what's going to be going down. So that'll be <laughs> that'll be that'll be good. Um, mm-hmm. in, in addition to your comic, there are a lot of different services uh, that you do, which uh, many people who know you know your work. You do some amazing, uh, and especially people who've you know seen the comic, seen any pictures you might have drawn. The amazing artwork you do of uh, portraits of people, um, the different mm-hmm. places around. What so you do. Talk about some of the commissions that you can do for people, that you have done, and that you will do for people. Yes, yes. So while commissions right now, I'm not um, currently taking uh, too many private ones at the moment. Uh, in the past, I've done a lot of you know family portraits and whatnot. I've done some commercial ones as well, which I am available for. Um, you know, local things. I've done some posters for uh, productions of the Hoagland. Unfortunately, you know, I don't imagine I'll be doing. Uh, a lot of those, uh, you know, anytime soon. But, you know, things of that nature, uh, you know, any kind of promotional material, not just for local things, but also for you know, different websites and podcasts, like DoubleToasted.com is mm-hmm. one I'm a big fan of. I've done yeah, art for them. Uh, you know, things like that, you know, any kind of um, caricatures or uh, portraits that people like to give as gifts. You know, people love seeing their families and pets drawn uh, you know, as cartoon characters, you know, that look like Disney characters. Yeah, and they are wonderful. You did one for me. Well, yes, you did one for me a while back um, mm-hmm. as a graduation present, a little one you did. It was awesome. And you've done so many for people around town. Um, they're just wonderful. Um, and oh, well, thank you. You know, I, thanks for reminding me I did one for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do so many, I forget how many I've done. No, oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's so cool to see. And yeah, you, absolutely. Thank you so much for it. It's great. The um, uh, you, you did briefly uh, mention, uh, you mentioned pets there and something that you have. I've seen that's happened on Facebook with you and um, <laughs> you brought up a little earlier off air is that uh, you have two stray cats that are uh, that are popping in and out at your house. Yeah. Uh, so tell yeah. me about that. You know, <laughs> yes, it's a little unrelated to the, um, <laughs> uh, you know, my, uh, it, it's a little unrelated to what I do, but it is uh, worth mentioning because I do draw pets. I did draw our two uh, little visitors. We have, uh, yeah, two kittens have shown up here. Um, one, cat number one has been here about three weeks. It's a gray tabby. Uh, you know, very friendly. Uh, you know, we found it, you know, hanging out in our backyard one night. We decided to, you know, feed it, make sure it was okay. And, of course, as you know, once you feed a stray cat, they will consistently come back usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a week ago, uh, you know, I'm out there feeding the one, and we hear another tiny little meow, and I look under the car, and there's an even smaller kitten. Uh, you know, you can see on my Facebook, you know, we posted next, uh, you know, to things like next door and whatnot, looking for a potential home for them. Uh, you know, we'd take them in ourselves, but, you know, uh, my brother and I are allergic. Yeah. So, you know, we're not really 
suitable long-term owners for these cats. You know, we're happy to take care of them for now, but if anyone in the Springfield, you know, Sangamon area is interested in adopting two kittens or even if you could only take one of them, um, you know, it would be great. We'd love to find them a good home before the weather starts getting too cold. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. If anybody out there, if you are looking for some pets or if you're thinking, hey, this sounds like a great story. I want to, you know, I or maybe you know somebody, uh, make sure to hit up Dominic Cellini. He is on Facebook and he is on Instagram and you'll be able to find that there. Um, I, yeah, yeah, you can message me. You know, like I said, like I'm not the biggest cat person, but they are very cute, you know, so if yes. they're enough to uh, turn me into one, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll love them. Good, yeah. And uh, there's, uh, there's a little, um, because the, the next thing I want to talk about here is the, uh, I put yesterday out a uh, an article on, uh, I watched the first episode of the TV show on Netflix called Ratchet, which is a, an origin story of Nurse Ratchet One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, right. I, I've only seen the first episode, and um, there's a lot I still don't know about it, and there's uh, some things that I'm, you know, I'm, you know, questioning. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about it that we were kind of in agreement on on Facebook is this is a beautiful looking TV show. I mean, just gorgeous. Oh my gosh! Yes, it, it, it's. You know, it, you go. We were saying how refreshing it is to see something in like full color again. Yeah, and it looks like damn near close to Technicolor. Like the way there is the, mm-hmm. the there there are these there's this nurse who's putting on red lipstick, and it's like the red that like it's 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 hard to explain in words, especially you know over like a, over a, a podcast. Right. But like it's. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. It pops right off the screen, um, almost like if you, it, like, almost feel like you zoomed in on it, you would see, like, the individual film grain on it. But then, yeah, there was this part where she's outside and her, like, coat just pops and there's all this, like, there's all this, like, like odd seafoam green color all over the place. And it's just, you know, it's, yeah, we're saying, uh, also, I was, I was talking about, you know, one of my favorite music my favorite musical i should say and one of my favorite musical movies west side story that uh, is being mm-hmm. remade um and it's it's been pushed back to next year but the they put some stills out at one point and a lot of them were kind of desaturated and i was like oh that movie was so beautiful and it's you know right. you know 60s technicolor look so yeah now i just wanted to talk to you a little about the um um what uh, opinions you have of uh of because you've seen you said saw a little bit of ratchet yourself and uh just you know maybe that sort of trend in movies that has been going on for i mean decades probably yeah yeah because i think it started you know as you know as part of the actual you know uh you know show on question i you know i'm not very far into it yet so i haven't had like fully formed opinion in it yet but i think we're definitely in agreement about how good it looks i mean it's so refreshing now to see some things in full color and you know just trying to uh imitate that film look even though it probably is shot on digital oh yeah um you know not to be too film nerdy here but you know obviously a lot of uh you know film geeks know the differences between digital and film you know they're subtle and if done well you can hardly tell the difference again if you'd like to hear the full segment go to wmay.com slash arts and entertainment gonna break for news and we come back talking with reggie guyton
It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY, and I'm talking with Reggie Guyton. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So you are involved with uh, two productions that are coming up, uh, two socially distant productions that are coming up. Um, you are in, uh, well, you are on the staff for Songs for New World, which the Hoagland mm-hmm. is putting on, and you are in The Spirit of Lincoln. Um, so, yep. so t- talk a little bit about, because I know Songs for a New World, they just recorded it on Saturday. You guys just recorded yep. it. So uh, t- talk a little bit about uh, how the experience has been working on that show, what you've been doing uh, um, on staff of the show, and uh, how just just how the show looks, how it is, how it sounds, and just everything uh, goes along with it. Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, I want to say that um, this has been a ongoing, I shouldn't say ongoing, but a collaborative effort. And um, there were so many people that had to step up to make all of this happen. Right. Um, certainly, we all we always think about the actors on stage and even the band members. But, you know, you have to consider that there are also, there's um, sound designers and, you know, direction as well as... Um, you know, Gus Gordon having to make all of the, the preparations. So it's, it was really wonderful to see something so um, important happen because, you know, COVID kind of pushed everything back and sent everything into a tizzy for a lot of people. Um, but watching people get together and create music and, and tell stories and live in the moment has been so rewarding, so comforting actually it's it's been great it's been absolutely great yeah and i am so excited to be able to see it and that's gonna be it's gonna be coming up um that's in just a couple of weeks we'll be able to watch it um watch the stream for it with the um <laughs> purchasing the digital ticket and um so i'm definitely very excited to see that yes. um i also want to touch on uh, the Spirit of Lincoln, which is the show that Hope is directing, um, that is part of STC, also housed in the Hoagland Center for the Arts, and mm-hmm. and you are in that. What are you? Uh, what are you doing in Spirit of Lincoln? So I portray a character, um, a uh, I shouldn't say real life because he's dead, but um, <laughs> no. a uh, character who uh, was a soldier in the Civil War, and um, was telling he's talking about the struggles of being a part of the medical tent and not knowing if he's going to live or die and just wanting to go home. Um, so it is, it's a quite emotional piece and honestly, probably one of the most difficult pieces I've ever, um, had the challenge of taking on, but, um, hope is great. She, she really, uh, knows what she wants and, and knows how to fine tune things and, even though we have to socially distance in rehearsals, um, things have still been very good. Uh, very good. The anxiety has been kind of low, um, you know, for a show. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's still. But um, yeah. it's, it's still been very, very productive, very informative, challenging, um, and at times difficult, but not in a, um, not in a way that seems hopeless or, or, uh, gosh, this is impossible, you know. Yeah. It's just it's challenging. Of course. And I, I've talked about this um, a couple times, um, and I think uh, 
many people brought it up, both of these shows, The Spirit of Lincoln and Songs for New World, are um, almost, I mean, they're ideal for this time that we're in because uh, Songs for New World is for people and uh, none of them really interact at all. And Spirit of Lincoln, from what I understand, is heavily, you know, there's a lot of monologues in it and not a lot of people are on stage together, um, like interacting directly. So these are um, these are great great shows i mean in in their own rights of course they're great shows but for yeah. this time especially it is um it is very interesting to see and it's going to be very interesting to um to 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 watch these cuz this is the you know is of course you know as theater people we have, you know watch you know filmed production of shows that we've been in or our friends have been in mm-hmm. but to watch a, a brand new show that um nobody's seen before that is going to be for the first time, uh, streamed. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Right, right. I, I do want to say that um, Spirit of Lincoln has been done before in the right. past because it, it was a uh, Ken Bradbury uh, show. He wrote it, and um, Roger Wainwright helped with the music, wrote the music. So um, it has been done before, but it has never been streamed before. Right, And, yes. um, of course, I think... I believe that this is the first show that has been done since um, Ken's unfortunate passing. Um, So there have been a lot of people that are really passionate about this project, not just because of the material, but because of what Ken meant to to everyone. You know, I never actually got a chance to sit down and work with him, but he was so supportive. He, He would come to the shows and then he would also send messages afterwards and say, you know, you did a great job. I love what you did. And it was never, it was never um, to inflate an ego, but to really just give credit where it was due. And I do appreciate that for him. And I'm glad that we can continue to carry on his legacy. I know. I, yeah, I feel the same way because I, I didn't ever get the chance to work with him. But yeah, it's like you said, he's he's come to shows um, that I've been involved with. And he has, and he is always... Yeah, he's always there to support the arts, and he touched so many people's lives, and uh, everybody that has worked with him. Uh, so, yeah, so this this will be a very very special show for for very uh, very many different various reasons. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, I also want to um, talk to you about the show that you were going to do this summer, of course, before um, you know coronavirus, everything happened. The uh, uh, the second Muni show, Ragtime, uh, you were directing that. Um, the show was cast, yeah. and um, it was all, you know, and that and Ragtime is a beautiful show, and I was so excited to see what you were going to do with it. So, uh, just talk a little about about uh, just just about Ragtime and how you you got to. Um, is is this the first show you've directed out at the Muni? I know you've directed you directed Memphis, yeah. which was great at the mm-hmm. Oakland Center for the Arts. Um, but yeah, talk a little bit about the experience, uh, getting on, on staff or directing, uh, putting the staff together for, uh, for ragtime and, uh, just uh, that whole process, um, up to this point or up to about March, I guess. So, you know, what's really, I, I have to go so far back because, um, there have been moments in my life that have been reaffirmed by, um, synchronicity mm-hmm. and before I had actually gotten a chance to become familiar with Ragtime, I was doing a musical theater, uh, musical theater class in which one of our final exams or um, final projects was to present a, 
a song um, and deliver it. Mm -hmm. And the song that I got assigned was Make Them Hear You, of course. Mm. And I don't know how, I don't know why, but I had not heard it before. I had not been familiar with Ragtime other than, you know, briefly hearing about the synopsis and fell in love with the song simply because of the lyrics, go out and tell the story mm -hmm. uh, to your daughters and your sons, make them hear you and tell them in our struggles, we were not the only ones. make them hear you. There's so, there's so much power in those lyrics. So um, when I had the chance to uh, listen to the music and, and kind of get an idea of what I might want to do, I, it pushed me further because I don't like doing shows unless they have some sort of meaning or importance to them. And coming off of Memphis, it was really important for me to find a show that one was really diverse because I feel like that is the, one of the largest caveats of musical theater. We have so many talented people here. And unfortunately, because there's so many talented people, we don't get the chance to showcase the, the diversity, the, the nuance, the, the, we don't get to celebrate the differences of people. And um, this was a perfect show to do that because of, you know, having three different demographic groups, actually more than that, but oh, yeah. three main demographic groups intersecting and revolving around each other. Uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to work with my same staff before, for the simple fact that um, they balanced me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they balanced me out. And um, I wanted to make sure that I had someone that would respectfully but truthfully tell me, hey, I think you're pushing this a little too far, or hey, you're going a little, you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Um, just for the simple fact that when we talk about social justice and, um, relating to other people, it can be really difficult to kind of press your will and your vision, but you also have to keep in mind that this story is about real people. So you kind of have to let some things develop in realism. Now, I know that's really difficult to kind of understand or picture, especially when we talk about the themes of the show. There's racism, xenophobia, um, sexism. There's so many so many, uh, I don't want to say buzzwords, but so many issues that we're still dealing with today. Oh, yeah. No, that's, um, yeah. I couldn't agree more on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it just gets hard to, I want to make sure that the audience sees all the ugly, but doesn't necessarily attach it to um, the act, certainly not the actors, but not just to the, the characters either. This is a time period where, you know, a lot of people didn't know better. A lot of people weren't trying to know better because they weren't having conversations. They weren't relating with each other. They weren't seeing each other. So my goal um, with any social uh, critique piece is to make sure that people can see themselves and see, um, kind of see uh, the people around them as well. And then maybe even get a chance to understand each other a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I could not agree with you more. There, the yeah, I mean that is 
it, it you know it, it is a it is tough it is tough material and uh yeah there there are so many things so many themes so many things in that show that are you know cuz cuz yeah it's, the show takes place at turn of the century and you're okay you know this is you know this is a story it's you know all this happened a long time ago but you know in the last the last time i watched it you know you, you're like oh there's still you know, so, you like, know oh, some you things really that were that we still use today. Oh. Yeah, so, some some <laughs> things are still you know not you know, so you know some you know we as as you know it's it's said a lot, but um it's it truly can't be said enough. It's like yes, we have progressed as a country, but there are some things that we still have not progressed on, and it's uh, and mm-hmm. you know it's you know some people might feel uncomfortable um watching you know you know watching the material, but it's you know it there are things in this you know it's this thing about art it's not you know sometimes it makes you feel uncomfortable and you like, ah this you know and you, sh- you yeah. should feel uncomfortable by something because there there are some there are some tough scenes in that show i mean it is yes and it's um sure um, and it's i i would challenge people to like fight through the discomfort because yeah. we have to do that anyway now yes you know um Part of the reason why we're in the situation that we're in is because we refuse to acknowledge the history, the structures, the standards, um, the, uh, oh gosh, constructs that have allowed us to not only remain um, ignorant to other people and, and what they're going through, but also to just like maliciously ignore them. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not, it goes beyond. Um, race or citizenship or um, gosh, even socioeconomic upbringing, like it goes beyond that. The simple fact of the matter is that um, we have become so consumed with the everyday life that we kind of just keep our head down and focus on the grindstone. Um, And again, what I want to do, my goal when Whenever I make art, whenever um, I'm involved with something that is involved, that is storytelling or music or um, dance, is to bring people something that they can reflect upon later. You don't have to open up the box and sift through it, you know, while the show's going on. But if you can take the time to like go on the drive home and just, wow, I really enjoyed that. But I'm feeling xyz because you know this scene happened and this reminded me of this incident that you know whatever yeah um so yeah art without a purpose is still entertainment but art with a purpose is liberating yes full segments available at wmay.com slash arts and entertainment we take a short break then we come back little shop of horrors from 1960 Spooky, scary, but the bargain bin. Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. We have the Little Shop of Horrors. Now, this is one of my favorite musicals. I've been in the musical and I've seen the movie so many times, but. 
We're not talking about the musical. We are talking about the movie that it's based off of, also called The Little Shop of Horrors. Where a man-eating talking plant gives homicide something to think about. Now, this is a movie from 1960 by Roger Corman, who has made more movies than I can count, and he makes them cheap, and he makes them fast. Now, a little bit of history on this movie. Famously or infamously, this movie was shot in two days because... They had leftover set from the movie A Bucket of Blood, and Roger Corman was like, I can do this movie. Remember The Terror? I talked about that movie a couple weeks ago, but it was a very similar thing, and he did this a couple years before that movie. But he said, I want to make a movie, and he wanted to do it as quick as possible, so he... They there's like okay we have this set for two days and they're gonna tear it down so he was like all right scene done scene done scene done did the whole movie like that so uh, a little bit of history also on this movie is that it's believed to be based off of a short story called Green Thoughts from 1932 and also Reluctant Orchid from 1956. Uh, this movie was very, very low budget to the point where screenwriter Charles Griffin played a robber in the middle of the movie. Always gotta love stuff like that. The budget was apparently only $30,000, which I think doesn't even come close to a quarter of a million dollars in today's money. So the movie is shot with, uh, I mean, it's almost shot like a sitcom setup. They just have like two cameras and they're like, all right, this angle, this angle, this angle, boom done. Something I want to address is the fact that Jack Nicholson is in this movie. It is one of his very first roles, and despite what the packaging from several VHS and DVD covers will tell you, he's only in the movie for about two minutes. He has one scene where he gets a tooth pulled. You were very highly recommended to me by one of your patients. This is going to hurt you more than it is me. Oh, goody, goody, here it comes. That's it. I mean, seriously, he's in the movie maybe two minutes. And because this movie also being super cheap is in the public domain, when every studio or any production company got their hands on this movie and put it on a tape or put it on a disc, they said, well, who's in this? Uh, oh, Jack Nicholson. And he was apparently the only one that was marketable enough that they could sell stuff. So they're like, all right, here we go. And they got a, they got the picture of him from The Shining. They got him, you know, holding up the plant. But really, I mean, he's he's just a patient in the, in the dentist's office. Also, you may recognize Dick Miller, who, if you've seen The Terminator, he is the guy in the gun shop who gets immediately blown away by Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a 15-day wait on the handguns, but the rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. He's been in a lot of movies as well. A lot of Roger Corman's movies also. He's one of the regulars that Roger Corman would use. Wait, I'll wrap them for you. No, that's all right. I'll eat them here. They are all right? Well, I've had better. That's okay. You know, those big places, they're full of pretty flowers, expensive flowers. When you're raising for looks and smell, you're bound to lose some food value. I like to eat these little out-of-the-way places. The leading players, we have Jonathan Hayes as Seymour. Uh, take it easy, Dracula. What do you think I'm carrying here, my dirty laundry? Audrey, played by Jackie Joseph. Well, I do like to. You do? You really do? You like to kiss me? Sure I do. Would you like to kiss me again? Okay. And Mel Wells plays Mr. Mushnick. No. I was calling John D. Rockefeller for to make a loan on my Rolls Royce. We also have John Shaner as Dr. Farb, who would become Oren Scrivello DDS in the musical. 
The plot is somewhat similar to the musical. I'm going to be comparing it a lot to the musical because, of course, it inspired it, and the musical is, um, it, in my opinion, it's a lot better, and a lot of people feel that way. But, you know, it is cool to see the origins of something like that. So, yes, the, the plot is very much the same. The Mushnik's florist shop is this little rundown flower shop on Skid Row. Not a lot of people come there to buy flowers. Dick Miller comes in and, like, eats flowers. There's, of course, Mrs. Shiva always has flowers for her funerals. Um, and she's actually uh, mentioned a little bit in the musical, kind of just by name. She's not actually physically in it. But so it's fun to see her because she has a little bit of an inspiration. So the dentist is uh, in the musical is Audrey's abusive boyfriend. But in this, uh, he's just a dentist, but he is... But he's, he's still very much the same. He's a sadist. He he just loves drilling into people's teeth and ripping them out and just very psychotic about it. So Seymour has to deliver flowers to him, and actually they have a duel. Um, they, they literally fight each other with uh, dental equipment, and that's how he dies. You're trying to kill me! A duel! Aha! As opposed to the musical where he puts on a gas mask to inhale some nitrous oxide, but it gets stuck on him and Seymour just leaves it there and, uh, and then he dies. I left myself to death. And then that scene also is where Jack Nicholson comes in and Seymour pretends to be the dentist. His character actually comes up in the movie from 1986 where he was played by bill murray so as far as the overall plot it goes about the same as you would expect seymour has this new plant that he's working on uh he accidentally cuts his finger and he realizes that it feeds on blood hey what happened how come you woke up blood you like blood everybody's like oh my god this is such an amazing plant and it's making them all this money but seymour has to fulfill its bloodlust so he feeds him the dentist after the dentist gets killed um but then another thing that's interesting in this movie is there are these two cops that are sort of almost like a framing device for this movie they are investigating murders happening on skid row and they have some interesting banter back and forth how's the wife frank not bad joe glad to hear it the kids lost one yesterday Lost one, eh? How'd that happen? Playing with matches. Well, those are breaks. Yeah, I guess so. And then something that the plant does in this movie, he doesn't do in the musical, is that the plant hypnotizes Seymour, and he makes him go out and kill for him. Now you will do as I say. Yes, master. You will go out and find me some food. So much like the stage musical and not the theatrical cut of the movie, because it has a happy ending, but... In the stage musical and in this movie, Seymour dies at the end and he becomes part of the plant. You dirty rat plant, you messed up my whole life! This movie is in the public domain, so you can search Little Shop of Horrors 1960 full movie on YouTube and you will find it easily. And I'd recommend watching it because it's short. I mean, it's only about an hour long. It barely makes the feature film length requirement. I do recommend this movie, and I think you should watch it. You missed a segment? Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Oh. You can find it at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. WMAY.